first. <laughs> I'm negative thumbing you down right now. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to Elder Speak, episode 32, the official podcast of ElderGeek.com. This week we've got Will Strauss with us from 8Bit. Um, I'm sorry, Will Strauss with us from 8BitX.com. Um, I'm Randy Essentok, your host, and with me this week is also Gavin Green. We're going to be going over uh, Assassin's Creed 2, Patton on Blu-ray, Advance Wars 2 is on the DS, hockey, ice hockey on the NES, Super Mario Brothers Wii, PSP Go news, Far Cry 3 is in production, and Ubisoft speaks out about Natal. That's going to be your show for this week. Oh, and we're also going to be speaking in great length about what the hell 8bitx.com is. Um, so let's uh, let's start off the show. Um, Gavin, let's let's not uh, let's not throw the new guy on on the uh, in the hot seat. How about we throw you in the hot seat for the moment? What have Absolutely. you done geeky this week? Well, I'm taking Assassin's Creed 2 for a spin. I completed it start to finish in the past few weeks that I've been off the podcast, and I'm very happy with it. Uh, there was a bit of tedium, as expected for the series, but it was minimized, and it was barely palatable as opposed to the first game. Uh, all the improvements worked for me. The combat was still a bit iffy, but overall it was a great experience, and the ending especially is definitely worth all the hours you put into it. I attempted the collectibles, but... After seeing the rewards for the feather collecting, I decided against it. Uh, that's that's actually the last achievement that I've got to do. I've got to do the, the feather achievement and then, like, the cloak that kind of follows it up. Yeah. I, I have, like, seven feathers left, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> this is silly. If, if, all right, just a, just a um, tip for those of you that want to perfect Assassin's Creed. Avoid every feather until you get to the end. And have a map where all the feathers are. That you and cross off as that. you do them. Yeah. Absolutely. Because if you start collecting them as you're going through your missions, you're just going to spend hours retreading old steps, and it gets pretty ridiculous. But I did yeah. get all the glyphs. I did get all the uh, special secret locations to get all um, the uh, special armor. And it was a lot of fun. And again, the ending was spectacular. I was I was very happy with it. It's one of my favorite endings of this generation, in fact. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree. Will, did you did you play Assassin's Creed 2 at all yet? I did not, but that sounds absolutely fantastic. I gosh, I, I kinda wanna like giggle of like a little schoolgirl about it. Like finding <laughs> finding the glyphs alone, like the uh, the secret messages left behind by subject sixteen and then watching the whole movie in the end. Mm, uh, my jaw dropped. You know? Love mm. And actually, that sounds like one of those games that just hooks you in, yeah. almost like kind of like the, like the Zeldas and that kind of thing, where you just get hooked into that story, and you know that 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 makes me want to play a game and invest the hours into it. Yeah, absolutely. The attention to historical detail in particular is extravagant. Sure, they give Leonardo thousands of lines that they have no idea how to back it up, <laughs> but the details on the buildings, on the on the mechanical side of things, it's just. Absolutely incredible. And yes, the ending does go a bit deep into the science fiction route for my taste, but you're in you're in a memory reading machine. It's kind of inevitable with that. Yeah. But gets my vote and definitely everyone needs to pick it up and experience it just to see if it works for them. Absolutely. But 
Absolutely. Gonna move on from Assassin's Creed though, because I got a little bit of news in the movie side of things. I picked up a couple cheap Blu-rays at my local Best Buy, and I shall go through them here. I picked up uh, Interview with a Vampire on Blu-ray, probably because Twilight made me so so hard up for a good vampire movie. Um, I can bitch about that all podcast, but I think I'll avoid that. So I have Interview, and unfortunately for fans of the movie, it's um, the transfer is not what you expect from Blu-ray. It's still a bit grainy, and it still looks a lot like its 1990 film counterpart. But unfortunately, the transfer from the actual film to DVD in particular wasn't that good. So you're not going to get that spectacular Blu-ray quality with it, but it's still very worth seeing. And I also have Donnie Darko, the classic cult cult film, the uh, director's cut. I haven't actually watched that yet, but I'm a big fan. Uh, And lastly, but not least, of course, I have the classic movie Patton about the World War II general uh, starring George C. Scott in one of the best performances of all cinema. And the transfer for Patton on Blu-ray is spectacular, both visually and audio and audio audibly, I suppose. Um, just well done and all the little details shine and it's it's almost as good as seeing the film in its original 35mm print, which can't be done now. So everyone needs to pick this movie up. Um, I've seen it on Blu-ray, same as you seen it on DVD, same edition, still good. But if you can get the Blu-ray, it's a great gift, especially for the dads in your life, because the more conservative, the more they'll like this movie. But <laughs> so that is my wiki and geeky. That's awesome. Hey, did you know? Did you know how Patton died? No, I did not. From car awesomeness. Oh, car right. accident in Georgetown. <laughs> wow. I mean, think about it's like it. You, yeah, exactly. Here's this guy who lived and you know fought in two world wars. And dies in a car accident in Georgetown, of all places. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's just amazing to see that first monologue he has in front of the gigantic American flag. So <laughs> everyone needs to go see this movie. It's a perfect movie for any time that you can spend three hours. <laughs> cool. Cool. All right. So uh, let's let's actually move on to uh, to our guest. Will, what uh, what have you done this week uh, that has been geeky? Now we, we've kind of uh, we've actually had our our holiday over the over this past week. So uh, how about what's your what about your holiday? What did you do? <laughs> So each Thanksgiving, uh, since that was a holiday, we tradition in our our place is you play a hockey game on 20-minute periods or however long the periods can go. This year, we decided NES, yes, ladies and gentlemen, Nintendo Entertainment System, Ice Hockey. You know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Wow. It is 15-minute periods, so we fall a little short of the 20-minute mark. However, this is the game where you control the goalies and the defense and the offense, everyone on the ice, with just the D-pad and the pass and the shoot. So, playing my little brother, who is uh, around 15, 16 years old, it was great to see his transition from, like, NHL 2006, 2009, you know, the whole deal with the 3D graphics and all these things, to this just rudimentary game where you just, you control everybody, and, um... I whooped him up 20 to 6, was it? Uh, and he, he, that was his breaking point. He's like, I'm done. I said, all right, I'll use the bathroom. I'll be back. This little bastard. <laughs> While I was in the bathroom, racked the score back up. So he was, he tied it up or was winning or whatever it was. I come back. We have a tie at the third period. Ends. Shootout happens. We tie in the shootout. And then it happens. The overtime period, no goalies. And we go for, I think, another 15 more minutes. I score three goals. Or it might be five minutes at that point. I, I don't remember. But <laughs> The adrenaline uh, was pumping. Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, there was drama in that, that shootout. Remember, this is before the NHL had the shootout. So yeah. the, the, the tension in the air, because for me, <laughs> my, my reputation is on the line now. 
you know. Yes, he scored 17 goals while I was in the bathroom periodically and then came out, game is tied. However, I'm being tested right now. So, thank God I came through for the victory for everyone from our generation, for the Nintendo Entertainment System, and the 15-year-old punk can go back and play his, his, his you know, mercenaries or whatever it is, and then, then go ahead. <laughs> but, um... You they're baggy pants. They're wrapped in it down, everybody. So it's all right. Twenty-three, <laughs> twenty-one. Final score there. Hey, all right. I have I have a very important question for you right now. Yes. Uh, the makeup of your hockey team: uh, skinny guys, medium guys, and and the fat guys. What, what's your what is your team made up of? All right. So we very very good question, and that that is very true. I went. Number one is my skinny guy. Number two was my fat guy. And on the defensive three and four, I go medium. And then, you know, when you're in the face-off, you can hit the buttons to alternate it out. Yeah. But I found that, you know, the one in, the one skinny guy and then the, the second man is a fat guy. He can fall back and shoot it from the point and really hammer it home. So that was my lineup. He went no fat guys, three skinny guys, one medium guy. So what? I was just silly, man destroying him all over the ice with the fat man coming through like a bulldozer you know <laughs> well have you ever considered a part-time ca- career in sports casting just uh yeah. just a thought <laughs> i actually uh little known fact i do wrestling commentary professional wrestling commentary on the side so i i would i would love to do that so <laughs> <laughs> awesome <laughs> Now, uh, what about, uh, you uh, You also mentioned that you were doing some Advanced Wars uh, on the DS. Yes, DS, one of my favorite game consoles of all time. Uh, and Of all time? All time. That's some I mean, bold statements right there. It really, I mean, not only do you get, oh, it's just so great. I could go on for days, but it, I'm just going to leave it at that, all time. And uh, you can, well, the Advanced Wars is really cool for the multiplayer because you can play over Wi-Fi, so you can play friends from all over the place. Uh, I played the little brother again, and you can talk over the DS just like you play the Xbox with the headset. That's awesome. So, you know, it's it's really incredible how they did that with the DS, you know, it's got the little microphone thing, so we're battling, and then we're, and while we were talking before Randy and, you, uh, Randy, we were, uh, I was battling him and destroying him in that game as well, and, uh, so, but one day he is going to destroy me, and I, I'm not looking forward to that. So that's <laughs> that's my wiki in geeky. <laughs> you know, the, I, I love the DS as well, but the only time when it's kind of like embarrassing is when you're playing games like um, uh, Resident Evil DS, which I think what did they call it, Deadly Shadows. There's a point where you find a guy and you need to kind of like give him CPR to bring him back to life. And um, if you're on a train like I was, when you have to like blow into the DS to you know to bring this guy back to life, you look like a crazy person. Because <laughs> nobody's looking at each other on the train, and then suddenly there's a bearded guy, you know, in the corner going <laughs> into a game console. So that's my only complaint about the DS. My one of my favorite things to touch on is quickly the best video game of all time for flying in a plane is Phoenix Wright. I, you know, it's just <laughs> objection. <laughs> Objection, good sir. The greatest game of ever uh, of all time in any situation ever, including on a plane, is Final Fantasy Tactics. Either on the PlayStation 2, on uh, the PlayStation, the PlayStation 2, the PlayStation 3, or the PSP. There you go, sir. I have put in over a thousand hours into that baby, and I'm still good. Nothing else can come close. I I I rest my case. 
What? I can't argue with that. With, with Phoenix Wright, do you have to yell objection? No, well, there, <laughs> the greatest thing about that is you can choose, so you don't have to have the awkward situation. <laughs> but you, you can, and I was, in the, I was in the place when I figured this out, and in front of my wife, I stood up and held the, the Y button, it was like, OBJECTION! And she just looked at me like I was absolutely nuts. And I'm like, no, no, you have to understand. And then... Once she played it, she 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 got it. But you know, it's just one of those things where you can or you can't, which is great for the plane because you don't want to be on the plane yelling objection. You might be carted off and uh, sent down to some sort of prison. Nobody, well, you're not, nobody's you're not saying bomb, so I'm pretty sure it'll be okay <laughs> as long as you like utilize it for your situation. They're like objection. I do not want any peanuts. <laughs> if, you, if you use it for the situation, you should be all right. And I think that at that point, it would be a challenge. So, like, Randy, if you're on the train, you could be, like, blowing it, and then you have to, like, set your DS on fire just to make sure the action works. <laughs> See, that's the wonder of the DS. It challenges you socially as well as gaming. Oh, Always a thinker. Always a thinker. Yes, on your feet, yes. <laughs> Um, for my weekend, Geeky, I, uh, I was, you know, up, uh, visiting family in, in Pennsylvania, which is actually where, um, uh, Will's actually from. Um, and as I was up there, I, I had the, uh, the golden opportunity to actually play with my family, with my adult family, um, a lot of, like, Wii games, because, uh, we, uh, um, I didn't bring up my PS3 or my 360 or anything like that. I just didn't feel like lugging everything. But, like, everybody, uh, back in the homestead, they all have, have at least Wii. And so I brought uh, New Super Mario Bros. Wii, and um, I gotta say, everybody had like a good time playing it, but uh, all in all, not so many people were really that impressed with it. And and uh, I kind of, uh, you know, I, it came through in the review, um, saying that it was just more really of the same. Um, and actually, a couple of times we stopped, we actually stopped playing that to actually play Super Mario Bros. 3. Um, you know, which you, on your Wii, you can just switch it over on your virtual console. Um, so, you know, the playtime between Super Mario Bros. 3 and that was probably about the same. And, um... Oh, that and, uh, actually Mario Kart. We played a ton of Mario Kart as well. So, um, we... Oh, Mario Kart, we? Yeah, yeah. Just because, oh. uh, you know, anybody can pick it up and play that. You just tilt your controller side to side and you're steering a, a steering wheel, you know? <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I mean, and the other thing was, it was like on a on a big high def TV kind of thing. It looked it so looks looked nicer. Awful. Yeah. Oh, we've got we've got the nice component cables coming out of it instead of just uh, the regular uh, yellow, red, and white. But that was that was really my week in geeky, or my geeky week actually. I didn't I didn't do too too much uh, geeky. I got that uh, I got that interview back from uh, the people at Tale of Tales, which was um, a nice surprise in my inbox on on Monday morning. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah, they're a great company. I'm I'm highly in favor of their experimentation with the medium. Oh yeah, yeah. Will, have you have you checked out their stuff at all? Uh, no, I cannot say I have. They did the uh, the path for the PC, the um the take on uh, Little Red Riding Hood. I I'm sorry. <laughs> you uh, are you a fan of like horror games at all? Uh, yes. Do you have a PC? I do. You should probably go and play The Path. It's honestly, in my opinion, probably the best horror game of the year. But there's no gore or anything like that. It's just psychologically kind of. Scary. Oh, that's the best. I like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, it's it's very creepy. But uh, hey, yeah. No, go ahead, Gab. No, I was just gonna agree with you. It's incredibly creepy on a psychological level, especially if you um, just get, let the game do its thing. You can yeah, you can really fight the game 
in the path, and if you do, it, it kind of lessens the experience. Like, uh, the first thing I did was stay on the path and get to Grandma's house. Because um, that's what you do in the path. You can start out the game and it says, keep on the path. So you keep on the path, you get to Grandma's house in about five minutes, and you fail the game. So you actually... <laughs> So you act, uh, it's in the wandering and the exploration kind of aspect of the game where it truly shines, and you just have to let it do its thing. So it's almost like a portal where you know you could follow and you can get the cake, but if you really like think while you're playing the game, then that's when it brings out the true experience. Yeah, kinda, kinda. It's uh, it's it's just I don't know, Gavin. I, you you actually made it your first time down the path to get to Grandma's house. I was yeah. like. I was five steps down the road and I was seeing shiny things off in the woods and I got distracted and wandered off into the woods. Well, Randy, I'm not distracted by shiny things. <laughs> and I do what I'm told. I'm yeah, you would not make a good Red Riding Hood, Randy. No, I would not. I would not. <laughs> no. and, and the cool part about it is, like, once you go off the path and if you go into the woods far enough that you can't see the path, you can no longer find the path anymore. Unless you find the little girl in the white dress that dances through the woods, and she'll grab you by the hand and walk you back to the path. It's the only has a nice has a nice reverse Ico feel at that point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was actually what I was gonna say. Like, um, I, I was really. I guess I shouldn't be too shocked. You know, they're they're big fans of the game Ico, and I actually kind of wonder if they took. I don't want to say they took the idea of holding hands from that, but uh, you know, there is kind of an Ico feel to it. So anyway. That was my week. I, I didn't. I didn't do too too much. Geeky. Played some. Played some Wii. I didn't do as much hardcore games as I would like. But hey, the hell. Oh, you know what I did do? I finally finished Dragon Age Origins. Wow. Yeah. How, what would you finally clock in at? I don't know. <laughs> a ton of hours. A ton of hours and a pretty cool ending too. Uh, what was your origin? Um, I was a an uh, an elf mage. Nice. Yeah, I was an elf mage, and in the end, uh, I probably did some bad things. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Like, I really don't want to spoil the ending for it, but I think the ending that I chose is going to be like the setup for the next um, the next Dragon Age game. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right, well, that uh, that actually should about wrap it up for uh, for our wiki, or our geeky wiki, whatever the hell we call it. Uh, we're going to take a real quick break right now, and then we'll be back and we'll uh, we'll talk about news. Bye. <laughs> uh, my friend, he called me up and told me that you do this thing with video games, and he told me to call in. Twice a year, the 8-Bit Extravaganza holds a single elimination tournament to determine your idea of the best games from a particular era. 1993 saw the birth of the 32-64-bit generation. Three consoles dominated the gaming landscape. Sega Saturn, Sony PlayStation, and Nintendo 64 marched their way into our hearts, and a whole new era of console wars unleashed itself, fighting for our very souls. 16 years later we emerge, 64 games from this era have been selected by you, and in this single elimination tournament there can be only one single winner. 
Battles will be held each week, pitting games against each other in a life or death struggle for survival. The games are depending upon you in order to remain alive in this sick, twisted tournament where those you send off into the fires of hell are of no consequence. The only thing that matters is the fate of your game and its journey into the 8 X Hall of Fame. The rules of the tournament. Games face off in one-on-one -on -one battles. The audience votes, and the game with the most votes moves on in the tournament. How to vote? We do it live. 8BitX.com chat room or on the hotline. We have a tie. But it was tied up and it was even. Ties are decided by the coin flip. The dope roll. I don't rule this. The host can overrule the current decision only one time per show. The executive challenge. Objection! We need an executive challenge. I'm issuing an executive challenge. Audience can challenge a current decision, including a dope rule. And there's so many memorable moments. Part of my soul was being ripped out. Exactly one week from my birthday. One, two one. weeks in a row! Charles, I have some bad news for you, Charles. Go, go. How did we come to this conclusion? Honestly, I, I want the show, but I'm not going to have some big hair on it. Yeah, because the coin flip just happened. I heard it. Well, we had it with you, Welcome to the 8BitX Tournament. Alright everybody, welcome back from break. I'm taking over the reins from Randy for a bit to take us through the news. So without delay, we will go right into it. And the, uh, one of the most recent uh, stories we have through the uh, pipeline that we haven't even put up the site yet is a Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker uh, release date in the UK. You'll recall this is the PXP exclusive that continues the story after Metal Gear Solid 3 and I suppose Metal Gear Solid, um, the PSP roller that I don't quite remember, but regardless of that, uh, we will be getting it in the UK for all of our fans there on May 28th, 2010. And you'll recall that this is only 10 days after the Japanese release date. And for fans of the Metal Gear Solid series, this is actually quite pleasant considering most of the games have a wait line of mostly two to three or four to five years in the more recent ones case. But um, that's just me. What do we think? What do the rest of us think? I was actually going to ask you a question about that. Like, why why do you think they only did uh, did UK? Why don't you think they announced, like, US at all? Um, I'm not sure. Um, I'm just getting the stuff through the thread that I am. Uh, perhaps it will just be a slight difference between the UK and the US. I'm, yeah. But, again, I'm not sure. Right. Well, Will, it's what's... a mystery. Kojima what... Productions mysterious. <laughs> Will, what's your take on it, bud? You know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested in this because I think a, a title like Metal Gear Solid is something that the PSP needs. There's nothing on the PSP that says there's no, there's no killer app. You know what I mean? So I'm with the, PS... you. the PSP really needs a game to sell consoles because. I mean, the DS as a handheld device is just, I mean, it, it, I mean hand over fist, Nintendo's raking it in. But Sony is not giving up on the PSP. Mm. I'm wondering because, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't own one, but the PSP can connect to the PlayStation Network, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. So yeah. maybe this will be a 
downloadable game for the U.S. Uh, audience? Well, um, the way it's been since the PSP Go's release is that most UMD releases, even if they get a disc, will also receive a simultaneous upload to the downloadable section of the PSN, the, to the PS PlayStation Store. So even titles like uh, Tekken 6 that was recently released on UMD, you can go and download it if you choose. That, oh, okay. way, that way they don't just release on UMD and then screw over the PSP Go audience, although some of our, um, some of our users may argue that they're already screwing over the PSP Go, Go audience, but we'll leave that for another time. But yes, um, regardless of when we're going to receive it, it will be simultaneously available for download as well. Yeah, yeah I, I think that you know, if PlayStation just wants to support the PSP and Kind of forget about the go, but you know, <laughs> uh, I, I I like the title. I like the release. I, I I'm I'm really not a big Metal Gear Solid guy, but if I was, this would be a game that I could not miss out on. Rock on! There you have. And I, I would disagree with you on the PSP not having killer apps. I think what's killing it is the space in between killer apps. They come with, out with some good titles. They came out with God of War: Chains of Olympus. Okay, yeah. Uh, Tekken: Dark Resurrection on it was a spectacular fighting game. It was a con- it was practically a console game. So you have all the you have all these, but then there's four months in between them where they release yeah. just schlock. It's it sometimes it's worse shovelware than the Wii has been getting for the past couple of years. So yeah. I think they just need to buffer up the library. And 2010 is going to be a year, thankfully, that they're going to be doing that. So. Yeah. We will see that, and we'll see Metal Gear specifically on May 28th if you're in the UK, May 18th if you're in Japan, and probably the US somewhere between those two. But we're moving on here. We got another release date for a high-profile game, much more in my kind of sphere of influence here. We got Heavy Rain release date. Um, And again, a very odd selection from Quantic Dream, the developers and subtitle. They're releasing the Japanese release date before the US release date. Um, In Japan, you will be getting Heavy Rain, Pokoro no Kishinu. I suppose that's just a subtitle of some sort. But you will be getting a full localization with Japanese voiceovers. Uh, we haven't seen any footage thereof, so we're not exactly sure how it looks in comparison. And I'm trying to actually find the release date. Yes, February 8th. So that is, the, uh, that is of course, in 2010. So hopefully we'll be getting Quantum uh, Extreme's latest masterpiece, if you think of it that way, um, at a similar time. And uh, attached to this announcement from Famitsu is a, uh, let's see here, a, we, we have the final box out of Final Fantasy XIII released, of course, and with a 50 to 60 hour t- uh, time frame. And we also, uh, Sid was revealed for this installment. And if you recall, Sid is the titular character that always has an appearance in the uh, series, even more than Wades, Wades and Biggs. Biggs so, and Wedge. Biggs and Wedge. What did I say? Wades and Biggs? Wades and Biggs. I'm pretty sure that's a reference outside of the series that I have somewhere in my mind. But, <laughs> Randy, correct me, thank you, but what do we think about um, Heavy Rain's release date and Final Fantasy XIII finally showing us Sid? I'm psyched. I, I, well, I mean, we all knew Sid was going to be in there somewhere or another, and yeah. they, they kind of cut out Biggs and Wedge a couple titles back. I think, I think 9 was probably the last time they were in. Nope, they were in uh, 12. They and, were? Yep, and they were in 10. I, I, I've never played 13, uh, excuse me, 11, so I'm not sure. Oh, cool! All right, but well, incredibly bit, incredibly bit parts. Nine was the last one they, where they were prominent side characters. Ah, cool. Um, yeah, and as far as Heavy Rain goes, I, I'm so hopeful for this game. I really, really am. This this game could be one of those medium pushing games, and that's really what I'm most excited for. I don't, I really don't care too much about the story. I don't care about how the the game is going to be played. I'm really, I, I like the fact that this is something different than what we've been fed for the past. Two years. Yeah, any game that is different, 
piques my interest. Like when Katamari Damacy was something completely different. Um, for me, Left 4 Dead, the first one, was a new type of way to play. It was still the same formulas of a first-person shooter, but any game that comes along that, that throws a unique spin on things and it is not a sequel, you know, it, that's great. Uh, even the Final Fantasy thirteen, you know, I, it, it's a sequel in name really only because you know, the battle system may be tweaked a little bit. I, you know, I don't really know that much about what Final Fantasy thirteen is bringing to the table this time around. But you know, I, I like what they did with eleven when they went to online only to give something people something new, fans of the series, some something like that. Fifty to sixty hours is a great uh, experience because people are. Lo- Fans of these type of games are looking for that amount of time to set in these games at least. I mean, my God, look at, like, World of Warcraft is an MMORPG, but RPGs in general, you have, you need that that point of 50 to 60 hours. They meet that here, and uh, it's coming out pretty pretty soon. In, I mean, December 19th, in, or December 17th in Japan, that is, <laughs> my God, you know, that's, that's quickly. I, I was actually looking to see, you know, I'm getting a little bit off point here, but uh, I was actually looking to see if I could import a copy of that, if there was going to be, like, any English language on it, but apparently there's not, so unless you know Japanese, importing, you know, FF13 is not going to be an option. But you in Japan will get it literally 14 days from today, or when this day of recording, I'm not yeah. sure when we'll go up. But rock on, um, the rest of us will be getting Final Fantasy 13 on March 9th, and Heavy Rain probably around February, although... I, with the crowded first few months of January, we're uh, excuse me, 2010, we're not sure how it will play out, but we're all looking forward to it. Um, next is a bit of a non-surprise, just an official uh, statement in regards to something we already practically knew. Nintendo has claimed 80% of the female gamers market, and the numbers back them up in this case. Uh, ESA recently did a um, study of United States primary players, that is, the players that own and operate their home consoles the most. And the line in the United States is divided up into 300, uh, excuse me, 33.3 million male and 11.7 female. And of these female primary players, Nintendo claims 80% of their usage and their ownership. Um, 80% of these people have at least a Wii, if nothing else. Um, anyone surprised? Anybody got any comments on this on this stuff? Not really. <laughs> I'm not necessarily surprised, but it is, it, I mean, it is kind of staggering when you think about it. You know, there's, there's more women than men. I think uh, I've heard that somewhere. I can't say for a fact, you know, but I, I believe that there are more women than men being born or in the business world or something at this point. So for Nintendo to own 80% of what will be the future of gaming, I think that is huge. When you look at video games that were massively popular, they had to cross over the border uh, into the female market. I mean, Pac-Man, the first game that really appealed to women was, I mean, they released songs about Pac-Man <laughs> that were mainstream hits. We forget how like crazy Pac-Man fever was, but Pac-Man swept the world. And it was because they bridged the gap and it was a game played by not only men, but women and, and uh, the elderly. And everyone could play Pac-Man because it was so simple. The same mm-hmm. thing with the Wii. Yes, we all hate the fact that, you know, <laughs> your grandma has a Wii and she goes bowling with her Pete. But you know what? The Wii is, is bringing more people into video games. And without things like that, we would have never gotten our start. So, 
you know, it's it's kind of tough to, to, to say, like, oh, they should just make hardcore games. The games are few and far between, like the PSP, but they're there if you're looking for them. Super Smash Bros. Brawl, you got the, the Twilight you know, Princess, you know, but the Wii Fit is a huge, huge hit, and it's not something you can ignore, really. Oh, whatever, those women, 80% <laughs> of the female market right here you know you got i mean everyone that said that nintendo doesn't know what the hell they're doing please release another mario brothers they've done that and they've also appeased their new fan base yeah i think i think what they're doing is is absolutely fine and honestly yes it doesn't really cater to us of our demographic of the you know of the late 20s you know male crowd or anything like that but uh um, you know, if if the same market keeps buying the same games over and over again, we're going to stagnate the market and, and you know, and uh, we're just going to be force-fed the same games over and over again. So yeah, it's not these games aren't what we really want, but in time, you know, it'll evolve into something better. That's all I really got to say. I'm probably the only one on this podcast defending the, stoi- uh, the stoicism of the our demographic. <laughs> I am not pleased with the Wii's direction, despite I know that bus- from a business side, Nintendo is exceptional, as- and I've always been, and they finally succeeded what they've been doing after 20 years, but all this is a topic for another podcast. <laughs> yes, they have 80% of the female market, but if we recall... Those that begin on Nintendo often branch out to other systems, often branch out to the hardcore games. So perhaps what is beginning now may not be indicative of what will happen in the future. But well, wait, wait, wait. Let me let me throw in a positive note about this though. At the same time, you know, so maybe maybe not so bad. Uh, if if you uh, happen to be wanting to impress a girl or have her feel comfortable in your apartment, make sure you have a Wii. And make sure that's it's an excellent in. point. <laughs> That borders on a bit of creepy, Randy. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's not. I don't think that's creepy at all. What what is uh, what is creepy is if you're trying to press grandmas and you have a Wii. But hey, hey, hey. low nope. impact bowling, anybody? I'm just trying to uh, envision a scenario in which Will wants to attract and make comfortable a series of grandmothers. Um, hey, the the G milfs, if you will. But 80% I, I, of the female <laughs> market does not mean 80% of women under 28. All That's right? true. All that right. is true, my friend. That is true. But as Wendy said, we are moving on. And a bit of a, te- a, a, bit of a tease to everyone from the PSP Go that wants their old UM- UMD library back. I know our KIP is one of them. Um, Logitech um, recently had a rumor circulating about it that they are creating a UMD reader add-on for the PSP Go, the recent release incarnation of the PSP. Unfortunately, a Logitech representative recently came forward and said that was bogus. But for a little while there, the PSP Go haters, if you will, had a little glimmer of hope, only to be sh- um, shied away just just horribly, just horribly. But I think Logitech should go forward with it now. I mean, honestly, it makes sense. You, you are going to have a ton of people that have PSP Goes that really do want a, a UMD reader. Well, do you support this claim? Ugh. I mean, if you wanted a PSP and you wanted to play UMDs, just get an old one. I mean, get for $3,000. See, the thing is, like, I understand the PSP Go, you know, it's a little bit different, but, you know, you're in this, you've built up a library of proprietary discs that no other format could play that have, they're more expensive than DVDs, but the screen is in no way comparable to a television. And now you kind of like, oh, remember those? Yeah, kind of forget about them and go with this cell phone-looking thing. Okay, <laughs> but what about the guy who has bought all those 
and you still have them. I don't understand the person that has the PSP and then gets the PSP Go and then complains, I can't put my discs in here. You shouldn't <laughs> well, have bought it. I mean, well, <laughs> well, there is a sl- there is a sliver to the population that purchased the PSP Go during so um, during the Sony rumors or more than rumors. Sony had been discussing the possibility of a UMD conversion system. So there is a slimmer. I mean, I'm not saying this is a big enough market for Logitech to produce said add-on, but there was a couple people. So I understand at least some of the voices. Yes, there are still a bunch of stupid people that bought a UMD-less uh, device and then said, why can't I put disc in thing? But <laughs> aside from that, there, there is a point of view here that's um, logical, even if it's very, 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 very tiny. But I, no, I hear you. I just think it's... it's I, I blame Sony, really, for coming out with this format and then saying like well we're not even supporting our own format anymore and it alienates your audience who's like oh i like the slimmer i like the thinner but don't be able yeah i just it's i I disagree they're still supporting the psp 3000 and i still think that the psp ghost launch could have been handled better no one's arguing that and i think the continued exclusion of a second analog nub is still a, a a absolute design flaw in the system but they're still supporting the psp 3000 as ironic and uh, um, unsen- nonsensical as it is, but they're still they're still support uh, they're still giving a bit of a bone to them. But I don't know. That's an, that is again another debate that can go on for years and years and years. So we're gonna move on before we get the entire handheld audience in a flame war. <laughs> our next uh, bit of news is for the PC gamer and all of us, even though it's released on uh, console, but no one gets this series on console. Far Cry Three has been confirmed as in production, Yay. not necess- not necessarily with the Ubisoft coming forward and bombastically announcing it, but uh, during a press junket for Avatar, the game, uh, they, we, uh, let's see, official PlayStation Magazine cornered one of the, writer, the writers on staff for Ubisoft, and he said, rather bluntly, no, I'm not working on the project, but I know the team that uh, that is, and what I've seen looks pretty exciting. So, for all of you fans of the absolutely splendid-looking shooter, you got your third game, so Very rock fun. on for you. Yeah. I, I really don't have much to say about it. We're actually running a little shy on time uh, for the news, but uh, I think it's great. I think uh, good series like this should continue on. Agreed. Well, all right, moving on. <laughs> um, all right, let's see here. Ubi- uh, more Ubisoft <laughs> news. Uh, the company has recently come forward and announced via um, Yves Guillemot uh, that they have twice as many games planned for Project Intel on the 360 as opposed to the Sony Motion Control wand. Um... Yes, <laughs> that is basically what this three-paragraph news item boils down to. I got some quotes that explain it, but I've pretty much already given you all I need to know. So yeah. what do we think about it? I think you nailed it, man. I, I gotta say, I'm a little surprised, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, I guess maybe I shouldn't be so surprised since I'm already listed at all as being one of the top 100 conventions. <laughs> Despite it not actually being in, con- in the consumer market yet. Way to go time. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a little, I am a little, uh, uh, I am raising an eyebrow at time over that one. How does that Microsoft money feel, Time? I oh, I'm sorry. I'm not insinuating that Time takes money to actually publish things in countdowns, but it's a pretty arbitrary system in it anyway. But, Will, twice yes, as many well, stuff from Ubisoft coming to Project Control. What's going all right, on? All right, so I think this all comes down to install base. Uh, Xbox has more install base than, than uh, PS3. Last time I checked, I could have. But uh, what, what I think it just... If you have a larger install base, you're going to get the, 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 better, the better games and the more developers. So... You know, these two developer houses are going to come, or these, this developer house is going to say, well, we want to appeal to the largest 
face of game. So Natal comes out with the wave wand, uh, sex toy looking thing, and I don't. I think it's probably <laughs> going to be better than the Natal because I, you know, I I have to have a controller. I, I can't do this, you know. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, and if you saw me, I'm waving my arms frantically. Like we would assume so. We would assume so. Like Mario Brothers three when the airship comes in. Doo, 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 doo. Anyway, so um, basically, I think it just comes down to install base, and it makes sense. None of this even matters until we see these games. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, so whatever. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> I think I'm gonna round out with my thoughts here. I think. Um, we did have a news text, uh, news post on Black Friday, but Black Friday always means sales. So, basically, the news item was people sell things on Black Friday. So I think we I think we can leave that for um, viewer anticipation. And um, I'm just going to round out my thoughts on Ubisoft here. And I think it's not necessarily so much of the install base of the system, although of course that plays into the um, facts. I think what Ubisoft sees here is a difference in consumer markets. I think that the Natal is a um, much more casual interface. Um, even uh, even more so than probably the Wiimote and the Sony Motion Wand. And I think um, casual games are much easier to produce at a much quicker rate and at a much grander amount. So I think that it's just a matter of production time for cost. And I think in that situation, Ubisoft has, of course, made the right choice. Cool. But uh, any, final mo- uh, any final thoughts before we close out the news for today? Uh, no, I'm good. All right, guys, I think, I, I think we're going to go back to a break, and we'll see you in a couple minutes. Awesome. Hey, Elder Geeks. Got an idea for the site? Or do you have a topic that you'd like for us to talk about on Elderspeak? Be sure to drop us a suggestion on either the forums or by sending an email to info at elder-geek.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, we're actually going to start up our uh, the final segment of our show. It's actually going to be our topic of the week, and, and actually our topic of the week this week is actually going to be about 8-bit extravaganza, and that's actually where uh, Will is from. Um, Will, why don't you uh, why don't you start off and, and tell everybody just a little bit about what the hell exactly 8-bit extravaganza is. Alright, so we have uh, 8-bit extravaganza is a video game radio show based on like radio show you would hear on the actual radio, not just, all right, typically you would listen to a radio show, it's like, okay, here's my song from OC Remix, thanks for listening, you know, so we pattern our show off of a show that you would hear anywhere, like a morning rock show at a rock station, anything like that, and we provide to you all kinds of entertainment, we have crazy segments and stuff, and we like to highlight the best in video game music as far as remixes and rock versions and we typically get those from OC Remix, other VG Mix, another video game remix community and The Dwelling of Duels one of my favorite websites of all times. It's dod.vgmix.com They do a competition every month using real instruments and we bring this to you in a format which is a radio show, two hours pandemonium Fueled by nostalgia, and that is the 8-bit extravaganza. Awesome book. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was just pretty good. <laughs> so, and our, our website is 8bitx.com, and we're kind of trying to do an, a radio network. So, we, we have another show, Radio Free Gamer, who is uh, Justin Johnson hosts that, and he has, he is the, uh, the former public relations director of the Gamer Symphony Orchestra. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, they are a college group that redid uh, the symphonic 
orchestrations of games, music like Final Fantasy, Portal was on there as well. Uh, they they just it is all created by the students, the arrangements and everything. So they go through and they have a, a symphony every year, every semester actually. And he had a radio show similar to mine, and he said, "Hey, do you mind joining up with me, and we'll both do the show?" I said, "I have a website. I'll put you on." And uh, the Eight Bit X Radio Network was born. So now we have five shows at this point, and we are always looking for new shows. So if you're listening to this, if you are this, hello, Elder Speak. Uh, so we would <laughs> love to put you guys on and really highlight and create a 24-hour video game radio station where you tune in anytime and hear a show hear music we have a live stream on the site streaming video game music and everything so we are trying to create that radio station and be like the first video game radio station uh, that is just reliable and you always go there for quality entertainment so yeah i i met uh, i actually met justin when i was just at anime usa and yep is he gonna be at magfest this year or he the... will be at magfest badass badass so i'll have to i'll have to grab him and, and pull him aside and, and you know feed him beer yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> yes he needs beer right now he needs, <laughs> he needs beer so. he's off he's off like a ninja training which is why he can't be here tonight absolutely um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, so how did how did you actually you and Justin meet to actually do the show? Like, were you guys just like fans of each other's shows or something? Well, I interviewed the Gaming Symphony Orchestra because I love their stuff on our show, and then we just kept in contact from that. And after that, he uh, graduated, had a similar show, said he would love to continue it, and uh, then we kind of just created this whole network thing, and that was that was basically it. So, an interview similar to this. How long has this been going? Our show has been going, the Ape Extravaganza has been going for over a year online, and we also did it in college for about a year. So, two years we have experience doing the show, uh, not straight through. Justin has been doing his show for, I think, the same kind of time period. He joined up with us, oh, I think in uh, August, I guess, something like that. So, I probably should have these dates written down somewhere, but I don't. So... <laughs> Uh, he joined up with us uh, late last year, and uh, we're, we're going strong from there. I think sometime in 2009. So. Badass. Badass. So you guys actually just started, like, on your show, you guys actually do, like, a best of, like, era, so you pick, like, all eight the music, and you create, like, oh, like yes. NCAA-like brackets, and you basically, the guy, guys can call in and, like, vote and crap online to, to figure out, like, who is the best soundtrack of that generation, right? Yeah. So, well, it's not really a soundtrack. I mean, you could do soundtracks, but what we do is we do, like, tournaments. We're really kind of, our thing is tournaments. Our, our, like, our, our really hook, our most famous thing is our tournaments. We take 64 games selected by the listeners, and they submit their games through our forums. And 64 games from an era. We did 8-bit era, of course, the NES, the 16-bit era, the Super Nintendo, the Sega Genesis, and some of the other consoles of that era. And now we are at the 32-64-bit generation, which is your Sega Saturn, your Sony PlayStation, and your Nintendo 64. We take 64 of those games. Each week we get eight, and there can only be one winner. So... In the end, one game out of the 64 survives into our 8-BitX Hall of Fame. For the NES for, uh, battle, that was Contra. 
So of all the 64 games, Contra won. In the 16-bit generation, Street Fighter 2 was the was the game on the top of the mountain that survived. And now we are at the 32 64-bit tournament. Yeah, I swear if uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night doesn't come out at least in the final four, I'm going to call farce, man. Yeah, well, you know what? And the, the way this works is it's not like I just select it because I'm feeling happy that day. <laughs> it is all up to the listeners. I have no say. So the tournament is basically up to the listeners. We have a chat room going when the show is, and we also, when I get my Xbox back, we have an Xbox Live where you can call in through Xbox Live into the show and vote for your games. So we had a battle. This past week we had our first block of the tournament, and it was Mario 64 taking on Excite Bike Excite 64. So the chat room was going. We do a little history of each game. Play some remixes, either from OC Remix, as William Duels, or any other website. And then we open the vote to the chat room or Xbox Live. And Mario 64 won that initial battle, five votes to nothing in the first round. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just like that. So if you want Castlevania, Symphony of the Night to go on, I'll tell you the battle right now. It is going up against it's Castlevania gonna... Symphony of the Night is a number two seed, okay? It's going up against a number seven seed, Pilot Wings 64. No contest. Right. <laughs> no contest. Okay. And then wow. after that, it's either up it's up against Conker's Bad Fur Day or Rayman 2. I'm looking at the I'm actually looking at the bracket right now. I'm loving this shit. And See? the bracket is available. It's uh, apidex.com slash thirty two sixty four. Just all, and you can put it on the website as well. And if it's right there, that's our tournament website, apex.com. You can just hit it from there. It's very easy to get to. And the bracket, yes, you got uh, Conquer's Bad Fur Day and Rayman 2. That is, you will face the winner of that battle. So who would you vote in that battle? Me? Yeah. I, uh, you know, I don't even, I'd probably go with Conquer's Bad Fur Day, actually. All right. So then you got Conker's Bad Fur Day versus Castlevania. Castlevania. Okay. Castlevania so, would win out of that whole thing. It's like Now, it hold on. We haven't gotten <laughs> to the other four games that are in this block. All right? So then you got Metal Gear Solid, number one seed going up against Sudokin. Or however you pronounce that. I think it's Suikoden. And I would Suikoden. totally... It's I, Suikoden. Suikoden. I, I, would, I would totally take Suikoden over, over Metal Gear Solid. Oh, really? Yeah, no, absolutely. Down goes Randy. Hell no, Metal Gear Solid all the way, man. Everybody should be actually looking at this. I don't. I don't know about you guys in your offices and crap, but every every once in a while, I, I I'm not. I, it's not like I hate football. I'm just not really good at like watching it at all. And so like every time um, they pass around like football polls and crap, I'm like, yeah, I don't know who's gonna be winning that. And um, this I would totally fill out. <laughs> yeah, this is like one of those football pools or NC March Madness. For us, you know what I mean. Do you um, have a betting ring for this? We actually—that's a great. We don't. I don't know why we don't. But we, you know. I think we need. To start. Hey, my idea—I get a cut. Yeah. Just yeah. You know. <laughs> so how this works is so the the it's a popularity contest. However, you do have some power. So Randy, you think that Metal Gear Solid? If that, let's just say for for argument's sake, that moves on in the tournament. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Suikoden, I don't know, how do you say that again? I apologize. Suikoden should absolutely win. So you call up and you issue 
the Phoenix Wright objection in the form of an executive <laughs> challenge. So now, the fate of Suikoden and Metal Gear Solid lies in the hands of the next caller. So you have called up and issued the challenge, the challenge is raised, but now let's say Gavin comes on, and Gavin is the next caller, and Gavin, what do you say the fate, Metal Gear Solid, Suikoden? Metal Gear Solid all the oh! way Suikoden is going down. <laughs> and your hopes and dreams are dashed in that moment. <laughs> So now, how long how long did each one of these things go on? Like you you guys did like one bracket. So I mean there's like tons of freaking brackets here. How how long does does this whole series run? Dude, this lasts like 6 to 8 weeks uh, at least. Um, each week we take 8 games and go down to one. So there's 8 blocks or brackets and uh, so we go down to one and then we have the final 8 and then we have the final 4 and then the final battle. So that's eight weeks, uh, you know, about that. We go on there. So it lasts, it actually lasts about 12 weeks. So we'll probably be in uh, August when this is over. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, actually, it probably lasts until probably around February. We'll be done this. We do this twice a year, and this is as high as we're going with the tournaments as far as eras go. So we're not going to go past. The PlayStation 1, Nintendo 64 era, we're going to go back to the 8-bit and then do it all over again. It's kind of like what we do. We have, we kind of have a, uh, well, at least a new rule anyway, like our retro reviews have to be at least older than PlayStation 2 games. Yep. Cool. Oh, and just to, just to drop in a little info here, for those of you that, whose minds are being blown, it, Matt Polska, our, um, our super awesome dude and admin and everything else, isn't actually in the podcast now. You're not just hearing his voice commenting in your own head. So just wanted to wanted to let everybody know that. I mean, he is magical, but um, at this point in time, he's physically here. So, yeah. Hopefully, well, we haven't scared any of you away. I just want to make it make it clear though. When you do actually hear my voice in your head, that's a good sign. Apologies. <laughs> Don't go to Kip. <laughs> now you might want to you might wonder if it is a tie. What the hell do we do now? So let's say two games are tied. We have a debate period where Randy and Gavin face off in a debate and to try to sway the fellow audience members into voting for your game. Okay. Wow. And then we have like a little, we have uh, some more songs play, and then it comes down to the coin flip, and the coin flip <laughs> evolved because we literally had people almost came to blows over. <laughs> The, 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 the 8-bit tournament, it was we didn't have the coin flip, and it was a disaster. There was arguments that just didn't stop. We had like three-hour shows, you know? We're like, oh, this, this has to end. You know, we need some finality. So <laughs> we have the coin flip, and then uh, I, the most controversial piece of the tournament is my only power in the tournament. One time per show, I can take a look at a battle and... Let's just say Blast Core beats out Goldeneye. You know, so we have some crap audience, and they're like, oh, well, we think Blast Core should really come through here. And we're like, get out of here. So I have what is called a dope rule, where I can overturn one decision a show, and that is final. Like and the presidential veto. So, so it's like a veto, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and that is... 
I mean, I don't abuse it. At least I don't think so. So, um, our mer- most controversial one was in the 8-bit tournament. It was Contra going up against Mega Man 2. Now, I did not grow up with Mega Man 2. Um, and, it, and Contra is, one of, is, is probably what? my favorite game of all time. Mega Man 2 got the win, and deservedly so. Absolutely. However, <laughs> being what? My, my allegiance, and, and no one's going to tune into the website after I say this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my allegiance in childhood was, was in question, and in a blind fury, I dope-rolled Contra over... Mega Man 2. Yeah, but Contra, Contra isn't bad. Contra is one of those one of those kind of soundtracks where it gets stuck in your head for a while, whereas Mega Man 2 is probably more melodic, I would say. That is up to great debate. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I did that, and Contra went on to win the tournament, and uh, that re- the, but the drama, the drama that ensues from these battles, because not only are you messing with people's memories and, and everything, th- these are people's <laughs> livelihoods. <laughs> so it's like a live-action flame war. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it really is. When you get... We're anticipating here... The final battle of this tournament could very well be Zelda Ocarina of Time taking on Final Fantasy VII. That could be a reality. See, Final Fantasy VII should win that one, too. I don't know, man. I'm not a VII fan and all, but Zelda has some some really memorable stuff, so... Yes, I guess... I don't know, that damn water level pissed me off. <laughs> the water tap? <laughs> damn it. Hey, hey, that's gameplay, man. This is on soundtrack alone. But hopefully, <laughs> during the tournament, the viewers get their good sense about them and vote Silent Hill, the original, as the victor. That yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. Is that on this list? That better be yes, on this list. Yes, it is, sir. Yes, it is. There, there it is. Did you guys talk about in the news uh, how the, uh, the guy quits? No, we did not. We did not get to that, but... Thanks for bringing it up, and he did. Guy. Uh, Akiriyama Yoka, san the uh, longtime Silent Hill composer and producer on the series, has left Konami. But that was news, and news is done, and news is dead. And Moss, yep. you're trying to be a necromancer here and raise the news, but it's dead, man. It's dead. <laughs> you have to leave it, man. It's dead. You can't bring yeah. it back. So I just want to clarify that, you know, you can vote based on whatever you liked about the game. So it's not really limited to soundtrack. It, it could be that you liked the gameplay or you did not like the gameplay. One of our members... So you're saying, so you're saying like, somebody might vote Tomb Raider over Mario Kart 64 because Lara Croft is hotter than anybody in the Mario Kart staff? Is that what you're saying? Hey, yes. Bowser. Bowser's hot. Bowser is kind of hot. Yeah. No doubt about it. Actually, we had a debate about Bowser. Maybe we can settle this here. In Mario 64, is Bowser a turtle or dinosaur? He's a turtle. Turtle, yeah. Dinosaur. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to be confrontational here. Well, I guess you could call this dinosaur since he has spikes on his shell. But uh, yeah, if I'm a turtle with that kind of bitch and spikes, man. But <laughs> I, I haven't played it in years. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to poke fire here. Turtle. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Just to let you give you an update, uh, Gran Turismo is out of the tournament. Why? Why? We had block Why? one yesterday. Let me take you through what happened with block one, right? 
Mario 64 moves on, defeats Excitebike 64. Turok 2 defeats Bushido Blade 2. Oh. Wayne damn. Gretzky's 3D Hockey defeats Jet Force Gemini. Sim City 2000 and Gran Turismo are tied. The coin flip happens and Sim City 2000 moves on. A number seven seed defeating a the best selling PlayStation game of all time. Silliness, silliness. Well, anyway, I gotta I gotta cut us short there. I, I, I although I do want to throw in my two cents. Gran Turismo being lost by SimCity 2000 is, is a farce. There are awesome bands on that Gran Turismo CD. You should have been there. Man. I should have been there. I wasn't. And I the Machine Blade 2 losing to Turok 2 is an absolute travesty. <laughs> you can only blame yourself. <laughs> yes, we can. And all of our listeners, you have only yourself to blame if you're if one of your games lost out too. So there, there you have it, everybody. One of Eldergeek.com's new favorite websites is 8bitx.com. That's the number 8bitx, all one word, dot com. Uh, that's uh, Will Strauss from 8-Bit Extravaganza. And then there's also Radio Free Gamer and a few other shows on there as well. Um, as far as news on our site goes, um, I think by the time you're going to be hearing this, uh, we're actually going to be doing a little bit of uh, a structural change, and uh, we're going to be giving you guys some new forums. So please pay very special attention to that, um, because there's going to probably be a slight change in the sign-ups and, and in the sign-in process and everything. So please be patient with us. Um, we might break the site, but if we do, it will be 100% Mots' fault. <laughs> and he's okay with that. In fact, that's the only reason we brought him on the podcast. Absolutely, today, to him prematurely. <laughs> so he. <laughs> so if we break the site, it's Mats's fault. Um, other pimping out. To be fair, also when we fix it, it's also my fault. So I'll be, you know, here. That's true. We will yeah. raise him up in a in a Christ-like. Uh, no, I should probably in a in a God-like fashion. <laughs> And that's your blasphemous moment for the for the day. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, what else? Oh yeah. Oh, as always, please sign up uh, again for the uh, for the YouTube page, our Facebook page, for our Twitter account, and uh, please comment on our podcast. Comment on our our uh, you know articles and um, Anybody else have anything else we want to throw out for uh, ElderGeek.com? Keep an eye on the site. We got some big things coming for the end of the year season, so just uh, keep an eye out and keep posted as yes. always. Do oh, and also we are going to be heading to Magfest. I don't know how many more podcasts we're going to actually get to have before them, but we're going to be going to Magfest. It's actually two blocks from Nate's house, so we're going to go and be silly old geeks there. Also, I'd like to mention that even though we didn't uh, publish a podcast the last two weeks, uh, if that ever happens again, that doesn't mean we're gone. We're just having a bit of trouble. Also, Sorry, break. Yeah. Also, Mott's fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, see, it was the construction workers down the road. Yeah, so. blame the Norwegians. We know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for, for coming on to the show. 8bitx.com, everybody. And uh, I think that should do it for this week. Uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully next week we're going to have somebody on our show from... Zombie Buddy Productions. They put together zombie games, so that might be kind of cool. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll they'll come on. But uh, yep. that's it, everybody. Talk to you all next week. Later. Awesome. Bye. I love it.